All right. Hello. Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It is Sunday. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have my co-host, Mr. Chris Sheridan on the line. What's up, Chris? It's all good today. It's good to be here and uh, looking forward to this talk today. Fantastic. I, I feel like I just sounded a little bit like uh, one of these sports shows. Like I had that that animated sports announcer kind of thing in my voice. I don't I, I don't want to do that again. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what came over me. I, I was I was trying to put some enthusiasm and energy into it. God, I won't I won't do that again. I'm sorry. The spirit of Jimmy the Greek lives on. I guess. Somebody. I, yeah, I don't. I was Howard Cosell. I think. Maybe oh, Howard better. Cosell. Wow. Okay. Okay. That. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Howard Cosell. So anyone anyone younger than than forty is probably going to not know what the hell we're talking about. But look him up on look him yeah, up. Yeah, you'll you'll love him if you've never heard of him. Yeah. Plus, I, I don't sound anything like him. So no. don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today on the show we are going to talk about the archetype of the fool, the holy fool. Uh, we're going to look a little bit at the the tarot card of the fool, and then we're also going to probably touch on um, some mythological stuff. And some uh, some ideas and characters from movies, maybe. So we're going to see where the fool moves us, uh, but but that'll uh, you know that'll push us forward. So that is our that is our topic. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for showing up each week and and supporting the show as well. And and uh, please, if you can, uh, support us financially. Uh, we're at Anchor.fm slash cosmic eye and there's a donate button there and i wanted to thank any uh, all of you who are who are donating and, and supporting the show we really appreciate it um so we're gonna get into this now uh if you don't by the way if you haven't seen the full tarot card which i'm sure most people have that are listening to this show but you know take it take a moment and maybe uh maybe google it the uh the ae weight tarot version uh fool is is good the b-o-t-a one the paul foster case one is really good they're all great but those are kind of a little more rich in their symbolism and i'm going to draw from the b-o-t-a one a little bit and you have that uh you're familiar with that both of those images right the b-o-t-a one and the a-e weight uh fool, fool card, yeah right? he's uh he's almost like a tom sawyer runaway he's got a stick with the with the bag, uh, his yeah. belongings or something on yeah, the end exactly. of it, and, you know, off on some knight errant uh, quest. And uh, yeah, yeah, as, as naive as uh, um, Don Quixote or, uh, or even worse, and, and right on the edge of a precipice. Exactly. Uh, not exactly. watching where his feet are going. And yeah. it sounds really bad, but it's, it's um, you know, once I've had a chance, you know, over the years to, uh, you know, learn the archetype and learn that card. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really a lot of power in it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that was a good description. The other, the other important part of it that's behind it is there's a white uh, sun with rays reaching down that's up in the upper right-hand corner. There's some, uh, there's some mountains in the background that you can see that have uh, snow on the peaks, and there's kind of a purplish color underneath. There's a little uh, white dog that's uh, at his heels, and he's also holding a, a white rose in his hand in this particular version. And then on his, uh, around his collar, which is a detail that's particular to this BOTA deck, the, uh, the Hebrew letters for yod heh vav which is uh, the divine name uh, for God in, in, uh, in, in the, uh, the Old Testament and Torah, uh, one of the divine names, but the main, the main divine name, yod heh vav um, 
is on is on his uh, his tunic that he's wearing, and then there's also a symbol for fire. There's some some wheels. There's a sheen, which is another Hebrew letter that looks like a little three three pronged sort of a thing. Um, and then uh, and then there's some little fleur fleur de lis patterns and so on in his garment. So it's pretty pretty detailed. That's why I suggest maybe maybe checking out. You don't have to to look at it, but it is helpful if you have if you have the ability to maybe look at the card too. Uh, as we're as we're going along, uh, just because we're going to draw some some ideas from there. But it's interesting that you brought up the fact that you know this is a this is a holy fool. So the idea of the holy fool, by the way, this is card key number zero. So the card is numbered zero in most tarot decks. It's twenty one in in some systems, but the vast majority of tarot decks, of which there are thousands, now do the the numbering of the fool at zero, which means he's sort of out of the sequence of numbers. He precedes numbers. Zero is no thing. It's nothing. It's the, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond numbering. It includes all numbering, but it's beyond it and, and within it. So it's one of those paradoxical things that you kind of need to wrap your head around. And this is the thing that's so interesting about the fool is that, you know, it's paradoxical to think that, um, that for example, we're going to be be led and that's you know in our lives we want to think that the ego is running the show and you know we do need a strong ego to to navigate through material existence but when we really sit down and think about it especially if we're inclined you know spiritually or psychologically to really kind of look at ourselves we know that uh there's some there's bigger forces at work within us uh, and without you know without us as well uh in our lives um, and the fool is 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 designed to to remind us of that, and that's why, like for example, these these tarot cards uh, are great to to meditate on or to get in touch with these these archetypal images within ourselves, as are movies and mythology and so forth. And we'll we'll be talking a little bit more about that. So, um, we talked a little earlier before we got on uh, to to do the show. You were talking about some of the. Uh, the, uh, the the holy fool uh, and holy fool archetypes in movies, and then a couple of those great quotes that you had. Why don't you Why don't you share some of that info with uh, with our listeners? Uh, well, sure. Well, we can start with the the movie. Uh, uh, well, the movie quote. I guess there's one from Star Wars where Obi Wan um, suggests, "Well, who's more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him?" Um, that uh, it kind of relates to the great uh, William Blake who uh, had the quote about the doors of perception that later on Huxley and then later on the doors yeah. adopted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he also said, and uh, Alan Watts is very fond of repeating this. If you listen to enough of his lectures uh, of this quote, he says, even a fool who persists in his folly will one day become wise, which is really interesting that even yeah. if you're kind of off track, um, somehow the road will lead you back home, even if you're misguided, well, then your own misguidedness will somehow correct itself, or you'll go down this road like a maze, like a maze you have on a piece of paper where you're trying to draw the line to, to either get through or get out of the maze. Uh, sometimes a dead end is exactly what you need to know where not to go. So it's actually part of the journey. Yeah, good point, good point. And allowing yourself to be led and not really, um, or at least putting in perspective, here's what I'll say about it is it's putting uh, kind of the proper weight on how much am I master and commander of my own vessel. And I'm 
on the high seas and I'm in control of everything or how much of that I'm in control of. And am I just in control of stuff that happens within a greater reality that I really have not much um, control over nor should. And with that balance, um, we can find how, yes, I need to set off on this journey and I'm going to use the tools and the knowledge and the experience that I have to the best of my ability Mm -hmm. and also welcome the larger forces uh, that can come into play and allow, you know, maybe some leadership from, you know, deep within or great beyond that, uh, that is really outside of ego. So it's a balance of both. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a great way to put it. You know, the, it's interesting because, you know, this is the paradoxical nature of the fool and why he's a holy fool and not just a dumbass is because, you know, you're, you're, you're relying on something higher than yourself for your, for your wisdom and your guidance. Call that higher self, call that God, call that self with a capital S, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but that, you know, that reliance on that, the fool in the card is looking up. And that signifies that that uh, the fool is 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 reliant on something greater, greater than than him slash herself. He's sort of an androgynous character, um, greater than their self. So, you know, you you have to risk foolishness often in order to to really let that that wisdom from within unfold. And, you know, what the world thinks of as as being successful, what the world thinks of as being the right thing to do, quote unquote, what the world thinks is, you know, the best thing for you is not always correct. Sometimes it is. So we risk foolishness often when we step out into um, a new project or into a new way of doing things or a new life for ourselves. You know, people oftentimes will say, you know, you're being a fool. Why are you leaving you this great job? And, you know, you have this 401k and you have all this security and this, that and the other thing. And it looks like foolishness to step out and try to be a spiritual teacher. I want to take one last shot at trying to be a professional dancer or whatever, you know, thought is within oneself. Or, you know, I need to devote more time to my own spiritual life, as opposed to, you know, working 14 hours a day for a corporation that I don't care about and doesn't care about me. Uh, So you do risk a certain amount of foolishness by following those inner promptings and that higher self, right? Well, you do. And uh, I think kind of what you're getting at is that um, the word fool uh, could easily go along with calling somebody a dreamer, a visionary, um, a creative you know, a rebel thinker. Yeah. Uh, because with that does come foolishness in a, in the sense that, yes, you're deviating from um, what's normal. But looking from another perspective, what fool uh, would want to fool themselves into thinking that this structured existing paradigm is always and only the best one? Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, you'd be foolish to be stuck in that uh, sure. corporate uh, if it's not working for you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's why... a great path for, for a lot of people. They find a lot of satisfaction and, you know, maybe they eventually outgrow it. But during its time, it serves its purpose for some people. Right. So it's I'm not knocking that and neither are you. So mm-hmm. but but if and it does, I think the label fool yeah. can be bestowed on somebody from 
the group that is conforming to the status quo. Sure. Because it does, sure. A, it does seem foolish, but also I think maybe underneath it, there's a little bit of, gosh, I wish I had the guts to, to step out too. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's scary. And I mean, that's why he's standing up on that precipice. He's above a, a great height. And, you know, there is a little sort of a, a little piece of rock that's in front of him. So he can take another step. And also the other thing that's so interesting about the, the card, you know, this tarot card, uh, this, this BOTA one, especially in the weight one, is that the little dog is is actually looking like he's 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 warning him. So that's a that's a you know, that's one of the things that's that's so great about following, you know, the higher self is that, a, you know, part of yourself is connected to that higher self and is actually going to protect you along the way as well. And that seems like foolishness to people, too. They go, oh, you know, you need to always be looking out for your best interests and you know you gotta screw this guy before he screws you and you know it's a dog eat dog world speaking of dogs right and all these different mm -hmm. things we say to ourselves but but in reality when we're really out there you know in faith and we're we're trusting our higher self you know obviously you need to look out for yourself and not be naive but this is this goes beyond that this goes into the area of where your your trust and your faith is so great that you're willing to step out and, and look foolish uh, in order to achieve things that other people don't, I guess, is what we're really looking at here, right? Um, well, and, there's no chance for innovation or creativity no. or real transformation without risking losing you know the status quo and to follow on what you said about the the dog perhaps you know looking out for um, this person you know anytime an animal in mythology or archetype uh, archetypal uh, symbolism uh, often points to the the instinctive nature exactly. that animals have they're more connected with the earth and your feet <laughs> the yep. ground um, and they can warn us um, which is also if you go back and watch the wizard of oz uh, that's the function of Toto uh, many times is it l appears that the dog is running off and like, oh, this stupid dog, we're running. What? Now I got to go chase after him. But every time it either led them to where they needed to go or uh, pulled them away from uh, adversity uh, at the time that they needed. So there is a wisdom that animals and the instinctive nature uh, has that we don't have, whether we're ego-centered or we're spirit-centered, uh, we don't have that as much as the animal world into, you know, magicians, uh, shamans always have a power animal or familiar or something like that, that, you know, really can connect to this um, instinctive part. So in a way, it's kind of both. You're looking up, but then there's also this instinctive nature also looking out for the fool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a fantastic way of putting it. You know, it's interesting, too, because uh, the... Uh, the Hebrew letter that's assigned to this to this card in most decks is the uh, Hebrew letter Aleph, which uh, is is sort of analogous to our letter A, although it's not a direct you know transliteration. But anyway, um, that letter in in old uh, in ancient in ancient Hebrew also stands for uh, for for ox or bull. Um, so there's another connection to sort of an animal nature and a bull yeah. or an ox, of course, was like the motive power or the, you know, it was like the, the, the sort of agricultural uh, power, power animal of, of the, of the day when, you know, people lived closer to the earth and it was the thing that was, you know, pulling the plow and it was the thing that you, you know, you relied on to actually 
you know, move you in a, in a direction to create sustenance. And that's an interesting connection. The other, the other side of it is that uh, there's some symbolism that this might have something to do with the age of Taurus uh, when, when possibly um, written language was, uh, was invented or one of the times when it was resurrected, depending on how you look at it. Um, so, you know, there's a connection to Taurus and, and the bull there and that, that energy. But, tor- you know, bulls also represent a, a sort of a, a generative power, you know, and there's a, there's a, there's a sort of a, a kind of a masculine energy or an initializing kind of powerful energy to, to a bull as well, and, you know, in certain connotations. And that, you know, that has to do with that, uh, that, that, that force that's behind it, you know, this, uh, that refers also to the sun that's in this card in the background. And that's that higher, higher force that's behind all of this. I want to read something really quick that I, I really like. It's, uh, it, it's connected to this letter Aleph and the, the number zero, uh, some symbolisms. Out. This is called the Book of Tokens, Tarot Meditations, and it's uh, a Paul Foster case book. He is a tarot genius, and I highly, highly recommend all of his work. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read this, just a piece of this. And this is Meditation on Aleph. I am without beginning, without end, older than night or day, younger than the babe newborn, brighter than light, darker than darkness, beyond all things and creatures, yet fixed in the heart of everyone. From me, the shining worlds flow forth to me, all at last return yet to me, neither men nor angels may draw nigh for I am known only to myself. Ever the same as mine inmost being absolutely one complete whole perfect, always itself eternal, infinite, ultimate, formless, indivisible and changeless. And it goes on and, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of more beautiful uh, lines here, but I'm going to stop there. So that gets into this idea of the the symbolism of the, the the zero that's on this card is that infinite no thing that's behind all of this material existence behind this multiplicity that we live in, um, and yet the zero pervades everything as well. Um, that infinite that infinite source, and that um, quote unquote no thing or nothing, is in the midst of all of this something, in a paradoxical way. And yet that nothing is not touched by, you know, any of this, uh, this material existence. And that's another one of the paradoxes. It's like the idea from the Bhagavad Gita when, you know, when Krishna is telling Arjuna about, you know, the laws of karma and so on, how, how like the real true soul, the Atman that's, that's within us, the self with a capital S is, uh, is beyond all of, all of this uh, material existence. It's beyond good and evil. It's beyond the actions and the horrific events and the joyful events and all of it. And, you know, and yet at the same time, it's, it's always ever present beyond it yet always ever present. So, you know, again, paradoxes, foolishness, the fool. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to, to add to, to that idea? Well, it's, I guess you could call it the wisdom of the fool. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, uh, you're talking about um, in the Hindu tradition, also in Buddhism, this is really what we're talking about with detachment. Uh, if you want to look at it this way, mm-hmm. that you're not um, attached uh, or wrapped up in uh, knowledge and experience and a lot of these things that we hold a lot of, um, you know, uh, you know, weight on uh, things that are very, very important. Uh, we need to know a lot of these things. But sometimes our best thinking can, can get in the way. Sometimes 
years of experience can betray us. And this is a way of, I mean, he has, you know, if we go back to the image, yeah, he has his dog, he's got a companion, he's got his hat, he's, he's got his stuff on his stick. Um, he's not completely unprepared and not completely, um, you know, he's just not walking out of bed in a rainstorm naked. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? He's mm -hmm. like somewhat prepared. Yeah. Uh, but he's not so encumbered. And this is where this freedom comes from. Maybe this yeah. is zero or detachment. Um, this year, because we can very easily, uh, especially in a you know a mind um, you know intellectual based uh, society, a little more technologically uh, inclined as opposed to the earth uh, centered that maybe we were a couple hundred years ago, uh, and going all the way back, is that we have all this knowledge and we can second guess ourselves, or we can say, well, we can't do that because of this, or well, yeah, I don't want to do that. Uh, sometimes you have to let go. It's a little bit of surrender and faith that. You know, I know all this stuff, but I have to step out of my comfort zone. I have to step into the arena. I have to put myself out there and get on the journey, not um, being completely ignorant of the ways of the world, but not being encumbered by it or held back by it. Um, because that can really happen, especially, you know, after, you know, in your 30s or something, maybe into the 40s. Um, you start to see, well, gosh, maybe I've been doing this a certain way over and over again. It really hasn't worked out. Uh, sometimes we have to let go and get out of ourselves and then at least allow a window or a doorway uh, of the unknown, the mysterious, uh, the higher source within and without uh, to help guide us on our ways, as well as the logical, rational mind that we've developed. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, um, you know, and, you know, it's important to, to, to follow, uh, to follow the, the movement forward and to, to not be afraid to, to, you know, do what you need to do and to not, you know, appear foolish sometimes uh, in order to, to do those things and to find those, those new levels of spirituality and so forth that we're trying to, trying to achieve. Um, another interesting, uh, thing with the fool is that uh, you there's a so if you if you see him he's carrying a he's carrying a, a little sack um it's like kind of almost like what a hobo would carry like there's a there's a sort of a rod that he's carrying on his shoulder and then there's a little satchel attached to it and one of the meanings of that satchel is actually uh is actually memory uh and you'll notice that you know in the card he's carrying that sort of memory on on his on his shoulder in a sense so that he has it with him memories and you know different ideas and and just kind of what you were talking about where you know there's preparations and there's things he's learned and you know things he's you know experienced and suffered and so on but they're in that satchel in a way and they're carried lightly you know he's not burdened by them they're there if i need to if i need to get in there and try to remember something to you know, because I need it in life, it's, it's there. And that's, you know, the memory and the, the wisdom that we carry with us, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to give that up, obviously, um, and throw all that away. But at the same time, you know, he, he, the fool carries that very, very lightly. He's a, he's a light traveler, uh, which means that he's, you know, he's, he's, he's not burdened by the past. Do you know what I mean? He's able to learn yeah. from it, but he's not, uh, he's not sort of weighted down by it. And that's a much, uh, and, you know, even on the pack itself, there's an all seeing eye on the top of it on the little flap. And then there's an eagle 
you know, and both of those things are representing vision and higher understanding and so on. And those are on the outside of that. And so he's used, those things are guiding his, his memories, guiding his experiences and so on. And he looks, you know, he looks uh, through the temporal stuff to the, to the higher, to the higher visions of what's, you know, really, what can I learn from this? What's archetypal in this? What's, what do I need to understand in this? Um, and that's, that's something to, something to think about. Cause oftentimes we can get bogged down in our own experiences, our own memories. Oh, I did this before and this or that happened, or I tried this and it didn't work and all of that stuff. And that's, you know, the fool has wisely packed those away into that little bag, put them up there on his shoulder. Yeah. I, I can get in touch with those, those experiences and those lessons, but I'm not, I'm not overly burdened by them. They don't stop me from my journey and they don't stop me from trusting uh, the higher self to lead, to lead me to where I need to go. Um, one of the, you know, it's going to get back to the movies idea. You know, one of the things that pops into my mind when, uh, when I think about a Holy fool is, uh, is the character of Forrest Gump, which, you know, obviously now that's, that's a pretty old movie to most people. Um, but you know, it was, a, it was one of those films that really, uh, really grabbed people at the time it was such a huge hit and it really you know it made its way across you know all kinds of media and you know it was parodied and you know it, it became one of these sort of archetypal things and if you haven't seen it it's the story of this this guy who's kind of he's, he's kind of mentally uh handicapped in a sense right he's like mm -hmm. he's a bit slow but at the same time he's a genius so he's one of these kind of holy fool characters. He just follows his instincts and he's got a little, you know, a little homespun wisdom from his mom. And, and he, you know, he follows that and he becomes wildly successful at everything he does. And, you know, it's kind of one of these, these, these metaphors for, for trusting, you know, your instinct and, and not getting in your own way and overcomplicating it with intellectual, you know, intellectual garbage. And I, I, I still occasionally will go back and watch that movie and, you know, it has pluses and minuses to it, but I do think it really represents that idea of that holy fool because he is a character that's caring and he's, you know, he's trying to care for, for the woman that he loves and, 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 and all of that. And, um, you know, to be a good person, to be a this and so on. And so, you know, he, he has those sort of archetypal qualities and then at the same time, I mean, you know, he's portrayed in the film as sort of a, sort of a simpleton. But, you know, that's one of the, the kind of masks or kind of uh, blinds, I guess you'd call it, that's hiding that, that holy wisdom behind it is that it appears rather foolish to, to the average person. Can you think of any, any, other, uh, any other good uh, fool, you know, holy fool characters in films off the top of your head? I was, I was kind, of, kind of wanting to get into that a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly Gump is a, is a great example uh, but he's not foolish or dumb um, in areas of motivation no. and ideas. No. Uh, he still motivates himself. He's not just caught up in the world. He sets out to do this. He uh, wants to go find Jenny. <laughs> That's the whole thing that, you know, the whole movie begins and ends. You know, the book ends on the, uh, the bus stop bench. Uh, is that, you know, he has ideas. He has motivation. But you're right. He's driven by... Uh, and influenced deeply uh, by the wisdom uh, of his mother and his heart. Yeah. Um, he's able to know what's, you know, I'm, he even says, I'm not a, a smart man, but I know, you know, what, what I like, or I don't know, I butchered that line, but 
Um, but you do, he does have ideas. He does have ideals um, and desires and thoughts on his own. Well, I'll be a shrimp boat captain. Okay. I don't know anything about it, but you know, yeah. okay, I'll just do it. Well, you know, and there's a thing in mythology uh, that also shows up in movies. And this is right after the act one turning point for the, the Hollywood incline. Uh, this is when the hero, you know, is fully committed to the adventure and then he sets off. So in Star Wars, it's when he finally agreed to go to Mos Eisley with Obi-Wan and learn the ways of the Force because there's nothing left there for him. And that's when the real journey, <laughs> the real, you know, specific journey um, began because he leaves the home. It's the departure. Yeah. When you leave, uh, leave. And then you go on to this, this phase of initiation. Well, there's something that happens. It happens in life and it happens in myth uh, because it happens in life. And it's easily kind of pushed off as being beginner's luck. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a real thing about that because you don't know what you can't do. You know, a rookie yeah. race car driver might take turn five uh, at a certain track. You know, oh, you can't do that. You can't go below the white line and do it in fourth gear. Every driver knows that. Well, this guy doesn't. And he did it and, <laughs> and passed yeah, somebody, exactly. you know, and the experienced guy. Yeah. So. And, and that, that can also get you into trouble. You know, lack of experience, you know, can, can certainly have its, its consequences. Um, but sometimes not knowing or not knowing what the pitfalls are uh, or potential ones, um, you're free of them. Now you're going to learn them <laughs> as you go. Uh, but how do you do that? I mean, this is, I mean, we're kind of moving ahead and like how we can kind of become re refooled in our lives, yeah. refooling of, of our of our spirit, but uh, well, no, let's but get yeah, into just that, to tag actually. on that with let's um, get into that. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's you know, as a child, this you know, uninhibited play, and you're dancing and you're singing, and then someone says, "Don't do that. You can't do that. This is in public." Or, "Well, be quiet. You're in the grocery store," and it gets squashed and it gets squashed, and then, "Well, you can't wear this if you want to work at this firm as you get older." And you sure, you know, there's all these conformity things, and, and there's purpose for those. There's a reason and benefit for those, but they become crystallized in such a way that we become a, a person of, I can't, well, you can't do that. I mean, 10, yeah. 15 years ago, of course you can't make a viable electric car. Everybody knows that every car company, every inventor, every electrical engineer will tell you there's no such thing as a viable electric car. Now it's except for the selling Except yeah. for the except fact for the, that Ford made one like a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, said, well, some of that might be artificially that, saying you can't yeah. do it because they don't want you to do no, it. No, but, but, but I, hear, uh, I hear what you're saying metaphorically speaking. I'm just You I'm have just, to I'm be kidding. able to say, yes, we can. Yes, yeah, maybe, exactly. maybe that's not true. Yeah, you need <laughs> maybe, to question those, 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 un, those, or those held beliefs oftentimes uh, that, that are not necessarily serving you any longer, right? Right. And, you know, and then it takes some experimentation and willingness um, to try that. Yeah. Uh, and with that, the, the risk of, you know, <laughs> looking like a fool. Sure. Um, but that sort of has to be okay because uh, it, it's one thing if you're just sort of blindly following along the herd, mm -hmm. but if you have an intuitive insight, if you have a spark that says, gosh, maybe there's something else and maybe there's something outside of my own personal uh, accumulation of what you can and what I can and cannot do. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then I have to question myself. It's not just society, it's outside of me. What have I crystallized inside my own consciousness mm -hmm. 
of what's possible and what's not possible for me. What is a good thing for me to be doing and what's not good? Oh, well, that's just a childhood thing. I'm, you know, 55 years old now. Why would I want to do that? Well, maybe you should. Maybe these things need to be brought back up. And I think one way we can get in touch with that or recognize those things is if something is maybe a little more playful, uh, a little lighter, a little outside of the status quo, that, oh, well, isn't that nice? Well, wouldn't that be nice to just, you know, have all weekend to do nothing but, but read? Well, maybe that would be nice, and maybe you should work on that <laughs> and, yeah, and getting exactly. that into your life. Oh, for sure. Um, and, you know, even uh, starting to explore some of those promptings, these fantasies, that's another kind of foolish idea, like, oh, it's just a daydream or a fantasy. It's really, you know, or, or, or people that t don't take their, their nighttime dreams seriously. Oh, those are just dreams. They don't mean anything. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, you have to risk the foolishness of finding meaning in, in, in sort of uh, what seems to other people to be nonsense. And it is nonsense because you're not using, you know, you're not using the normal form of sense or thinking or intellectual you know, inquiry to get to the bottom of these things. And that's another meaning of the fool is, is not thinking through it. It's, and that's why that dog is there with the instinct and the higher self is there with that intuition and, and these sorts of uh, these different types of knowing and these different types of experiencing life uh, because we get so caught up in intellectualizing and thinking. We think that, you know, there you go. We think that you know, we think that that's the only way to experience that. Well, I have to think about it. I need to think about it. What are you going to do? I don't know. I need to think about it. And, you know, sometimes we need to feel about it or we need yeah. to intuit about it. You know what I mean? Or we need to. Yeah, let me not think about that. Exactly. Or not think about <laughs> but it at all. actively engaged it. But yeah. And that's a beautiful form of meditation when you can get to that state of mind where you can actually suspend the thinking and just be caught up in being that's when you start to really feel a sense of, of, of peace because you realize that, you know, you know, it's even in what we're called, we're called a human being, you know, and this is an old sort of new age platitude, but we're a human being, not a human doing or thinking or, th or a human thinking. Exactly. And that's yeah. that, uh, you know, the Cartesian sort of logic, I, you know, I think therefore I am. Um, and it's not, it's not bad. I mean, thinking is a very important function, but it's one of our functions and it's one of the ways of, of, of dealing with the universe. It's very important. It's very necessary to develop a, a to develop a, a thinking functionality so that we can, you know, work at work through this extremely complicated world that we live in today. But yet at the same time, it's also extremely simple. If you kind of get past all of the, the, the sort of, stuff that seems so complicated and you know there's basics in life and there's a there's a fundamental sort of a uh piece that underlies all of it if you can if you can get to that um so you know those are those are those are things to look at and so you know those are some of the ways that you can maybe get in touch with the you know the kind of wisdom of the holy fool obviously uh reading reading mythology one one thing that pops in my mind is the uh, the story of parsifal you can read that, uh, the holy mm -hmm. fool that goes out uh, searching for the grail. Um, and actually, Robert Johnson's book, which we talked about, he, uh, there is another, there's a podcast, and you can look for that in the list of podcasts, 
um, and listen to that. We, we go into that quite a bit, but reading his book, He by Robert Johnson uh, is a great way to kind of get in touch with that idea. And then, uh, you know, maybe watching films like Forrest Gump, meditating on the fool, actually getting, you know, get, get a yeah. fool card or, you know, just pull it up on your computer and sit for, you know, three or four minutes and just kind of, kind of not stare at it, but kind of like lightly observe it. Um, and, you know, kind of scan, scan it, scan the image, look at the symbols, you know, watch your dreams, watch your fantasies during the day, the, uh, the things that are popping up in your head, these little feelings that tell you something about your, you, you know, your real self, your, your instinctual self, your higher self, you know, look for, look for that, that, that peace behind stuff. You know, if something makes you feel, you know, positive and peaceful, oftentimes that's the direction you should, you should move in. You know, once in a while, some of the things that, that we should be doing give us a really, you know, squirrely feeling and we need to move past that. But usually the, you know, the most basic stuff in our lives does involve a certain amount of, of, of peace and effortlessness if we get in touch with that because it's instinctual for us. Like you with playing music. I mean, no one has to force you to play a guitar, right? Right. Yeah, nobody. Well, that's a great way to get in touch with um, music. Foolish. Yeah. Yes, I guess. It, you know, is the arts uh, because yeah. there's nothing really logical or rational uh, maybe on the surface sure. about arts, but they're not supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, it's a complementary way of looking at things. And I know in school systems, you know, the ones that do have art and expressive, uh, you know, modalities um, in uh, the curriculum, uh, it makes you, it makes you better at your left brain too. If you're working yeah. your right brain out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we got to have balance. That's the balance. Exactly. But, but, you know, you need that, you need that energy and that's what that the fool represents. And oftentimes they say, you know, when, if you need some energy or you need to get in touch with that, that creative energy or that kind of, um, you know, higher, higher power, you know, the fool is a great, a great card to, to meditate on and to, and to look at you know, mandalas or, or great artwork or, or, you know, any kind of beautiful images in nature or, you know, kind of imagining the sun or imagining white light uh, in a meditation, all of these things will connect you to that kind of um, source energy. And that's really what the fool represents. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. This is the last thing I'll kind of say about the tarot and the, and the fool is that the fool is the, is the card number zero. So it's outside of the 22 trumps of the major arcana, which are the, the cards that most people are familiar with, you know, the magician and the high priestess, et cetera, et cetera. The fool is card zero. But the, the, the tarot, uh, there's three, generally speaking, when you look at it set up, um, the construction of it, there's, it'll be seven cards across, seven cards across, and seven cards across in three layers. And then on top, in the middle, is is the fool card representing you know it's the zero so the fool is not constricted he can move around you know anywhere he wants to go and also the fool is representative basically of 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 you you know one of the great names uh one of the great tarot books uh, by uh uh dr stephen heller of, of you know prs fame and the gnostic church and we've talked about him several times is the fool's journey he calls his tarot book the fool's journey and really what it is, is like the fool is just like a, is like the hero's journey. But, you know, you're starting out kind of this innocent fool that doesn't really know anything. You're going through this whole series of events represented by these 22 cards of the major arcana in the tarot deck. And then you're coming around full circle to become a holy fool, basically. So you're, a, you're now a fool that, that knows. Do you know yeah. what I mean? 
but you're still well, I do but you're still uh, full, and, you know and that's well uh, robert johnson speaking of um has a great quote it's kind of like a joke in a way mm-hmm. um in joke form um and then he basically you were talking about this you know evolutionary process and yeah. the stages with which we go uh through to to get there uh and it goes like this a simple man comes home from work and asks his wife what's for dinner a complex man or an intellectual man comes home from work and asks his wife what's the meaning of life a wise man will come home from work and ask his wife what's for dinner indeed sounds like the same question yeah. as the simple guy but it's really not no because he, he went through that whole journey to come back to that exactly so it's a 2.0 version of it uh, with all the wisdom and accumulated knowledge but then also knowing what's more important ultimately that's 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 a great great point thank you for bringing that up and i think too you know in that card that's uh kind of what that that dog represents that instinctual side of ourselves he also is the you know the conscious mind and the unconscious mind as as well i mean there's multiple symbols for that but that instinctual nature which is in us you know in our particular individualized life you know stays with us the entire time and regardless of of whether or not we want to recognize it or we want to let it express itself or or whatever it's 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 always there i think the 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 holy fool you know, recognizes it and expresses it and is, is okay with it. And, you know, comes to, comes to grips with that. Um, you know, but you're, you're the same sort of fundamental person either way. Uh, but, but, you know, you come to a new place in your life and a new sense of knowing when you, uh, when you, when you find that wisdom and you're, and you're kind of guided from, from the higher self perspective, you're, you're still living in this existence. You're still, you know, like they say, say that, you know, difference between, you know, an, an enlightened man and a, a non-enlightened man. It's basically, you know, the same sort of thing you're talking about with that Robert Johnson quote. I mean, you're still here. You just have a different perspective on things. And, and that's what you find, I think, as you grow in your, in your journey and you come back, you know, you come back full circle, you're, you're still, you know, we're still somewhat, you know, we live in a mystery and we're still somewhat foolish. We don't have all the answers, but we know what to rely on in the end. And we know what our source is, you know, our higher source. And we don't rely on the ego to give us meaning in our life or to direct all of our actions. Do you know what I'm saying? Or, and, and, then, and then we can move beyond that. We're still, you know, we're still, we still have the same duties and responsibilities. We're still going to, sure. you know, change the oil in our car, this and that. But we go about those things with a different perspective, with a you know perspective of joy, a perspective of of faith, a perspective of confidence, and and those things are, are kind of driving us and moving us forward. And that's it's a well, different state of mind, right? It is, and uh, with that comes a certain playfulness that I think we, in in the very very best sense of the word, uh, that we do lose along the way, uh, in. Yeah, I'm not current, but in recent uh, decades, the notion of getting in touch with your inner child mm, yeah. uh, has, has been a very, and you could almost interchange fool and child uh, in this way that as children, we act as children and do, you know, childish and childlike things uh, because that's what we know. That's yeah. the world that we know. Then we're taught through school and experience and our own lives that oh it's not like that (laughs) it's something different now 
and you put away those those things and those notions. Now it's really serious, and I have to punch the clock, and I'm going to be here because I have responsibilities, and I have to do this, and I don't have time for silly things. And uh, and then you know, at some point, you go, oh my gosh, the whole thing breaks down, maybe in midlife, and yeah, and you go, what am I doing? But it's to reintroduce the child, not in a way that's irresponsible, not in a way that's really naive or ignorant in the sense of just not knowing something yeah. uh, or being fully dependent on the parental system to uh, provide everything. You don't lose any of that. That's actually what gets lost is that uninhibited play, that open view of, hey, well, what's, what's over the next <laughs> horizon, horizon. Yeah, you know exactly. this this may not be great here but there's got to be some well it's going to come on next uh that yeah, we lose, we lose touch with yeah spirit yeah. of adventure and joy and discovery yeah so it's bringing that in that childlike um wonder and discovery uh, boy if you're stuck in your ways you're not going to wonder or discover anything uh, no, you're just going to get more of what you want or what, what you think there is. Yeah. And, and it's going to work less and less uh, well for you exactly. as you go on. Exactly. Um, so, so you, have yeah, to, you, you have don't to... become childish. You become childlike, childlike again. But you still have all your responsibilities and yeah. duties as an adult. And you perform them. But you're bringing this child with you or this fool, the foolish side of you. Put on your jester cap and, yeah. and go, you know what? Yeah, I, t- I paid the bills for today. I punched the clock. I'm clocked out now. And you know, I'm going to do something goofy. That's <laughs> exactly, know? exactly. That's a fantastic way of putting it. It's it's so easy to get disconnected from that part of ourselves. And, you know, getting back in touch with that holy fool part of ourselves. That's like, right, like the jester or the, the court jester part of ourselves. Or, you know, it's kind of related to the trickster trickster uh, archetype and so mm-hmm. on. Um, but, but, you know, with uh, with that childlike sense of wonder, and exploration and so on. So that's, you know, that, and that's where, you know, you can risk looking a little foolish and sometimes feeling a little foolish, but it brings the, you know, it brings you the joy if you're truly following what's in your heart and what's in your soul, if you risk uh, being that, being that holy fool. So, you know, with, with that, I, we've, we've about covered uh, what we're going to cover today. Don't be afraid to uh, risk holy foolishness, you know, and check out, uh, check out Paul Foster Case's book, um, book of tokens that's a great one uh, his book on tarot as well is excellent um, and uh, that robert johnson book he uh, any other sources you can think of that were... yeah watch forrest gump again watch forrest and, gump and put uh, put yourself in those shoes and recognize the the strength and the will uh, that he actually did have yeah and the knowledge and the wisdom what he didn't have was all the roadblocks and stumbling blocks sure. of being encumbered by, uh, you know, what you can't, can't do. do or false beliefs or, 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 or any of that. And, and lean on that higher power, lean on that, that higher source that really is, uh, the source of all of, uh, you know, this existence that we live in. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're here every Sunday. I am Jason Napolitano, your host, and, this is, uh, and Chris Sheridan is out there in California and joining me every week, and I appreciate that. And he is our co-host. He is the author of The Spirit in the Sky, and I am the author of If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. Um, do get in touch with that holy, uh, that holy fool, 
and uh, do join us each week because we're a couple of holy fools. Uh, we thank, <laughs> we like to thank. Maybe we're just fools. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to claim that. That's just foolish. So there you go. <laughs> At any rate, everyone have a great week, uh, and and uh, please uh, please check us out on CosmicEye.org at, at Chris's website, ChrisSheridan.com. Have a great week. Uh, goodbye and God bless.